It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Gateway Sports Venue Show. I'm John Huff, joined by Roman Bishop, and we will get into the top 15 games of the week for the second round of the playoffs in the St. Louis area for both Missouri and the Illinois sides. And, uh, Roman, we will be starting off with a rematch between the Muscoota Indians and the Highland Bulldogs. This game, the previous yeah. game was being played. It was played at Muscoota, and now this time it will be played at Highland because Highland is the higher seed. They're the two seed. Muscoota is the two seed in Class Five A in Illinois. Yep, exactly. Um, the sports book is back and strong this week. Um, so you have Muscoota at Highland. Highland's favored by twenty nine and a half here. The over under is at forty eight and a half. I mean, we saw these two teams literally play just two weeks ago or three weeks ago, now actually, and Highland won fifty six to zero. I mean, I, I would hope this is a closer game. I mean, it's in the playoffs. I would hope it's a lot more competitive. But at the same time, Highland's, Highland's been rolling, and they've had very few hiccups. I mean, other than the week two loss to Edwardsville, they've had, like, almost no hiccups since. And Mascuda kind of skirted one out last week against Marion. Um, Highland's just too hot. I mean, they really are. So I got to go with Highland to cover here, and I'll go with it over. Okay. Um, yeah, I, you gotta, well, you certainly gotta go with Highland. Uh, I mean, they've been, they continue to be really good. I mean, they had a little weird game against Effingham in week nine, but then completely turned the pages against Dunlap and beat them easily 50 to nothing. In fact, they've had four games now where they have shut out opponents and I feel it. Muscoota, it seems like they made adjustments in their last game by, Putting Al Middleton at running back, or I'm not sure. Maybe they put him in – maybe they did a lot of jet sweep stuff. I'm not so sure. Um, I actually do – actually, as we speak, I just recently got the uh, footage from my camera guy, Sean West. So, uh, very shortly, I'll be able to see for myself there. But, um, yeah, but they're, they're obviously they're – you're, they're utilizing their best athlete in uh, multiple ways, which is, the, which, what they, which is what they have to do. And I, I think that's good on the coaching staff. Uh, they're just trying to – do what they can to get their best player as many reps as possible. But at the same time, I just Highland just has they're just they've proven to be a better team. And usually you're going you're there you're there's no faking it if you win fifty six to nothing over uh, another team. So yeah I over a team that's won a playoff game in, in Illinois. Yeah, exactly. So Highlands. Mascoot is not a pushover here. <laughs> They're not. I mean, both teams know each other, and usually that kind of plays to the advantage of maybe the lesser team. Uh, maybe. Um, well, maybe or maybe not. It could. It could be worse this time. But yeah, I, look, Highland's been so good. Their offense, their defense. It's. It's. You know, you're really good when it's hard to see like how good like what like when you're really good, 
and you can't decide which unit is better, your defense or your offense. I mean, we'll, Brent Wobbles was 13-16 in the last game, 132 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He's just been killing it this year. In fact, he now has 32 touchdowns and just four interceptions on the season. Um, and he's not even thrown for over 2,000 yards. <laughs> and, he, and he's completed 72.9% of his passes, which is – that might be the most efficient um, QB percentage right there in the – like pass percentage in the whole area, which is pretty great. So, yeah, I got to go with Highland. Do I have them covering – uh, uh, yes, I do. And I'll take the over. Okay, I guess we agree there. Before I move on to the next game, I do want to mention, so this year, through me and John's sportsbook picks, so we, there's 30 picks per week. We pick the spread and the over-under for each, each week for 15 games per week, so 30 picks per week. And through uh, through 10 weeks... I am 168 for 300, and John is 166 for 300. So we are neck and neck right now. Um, yeah. Frangers keeping track, and um, it's been it's been a pretty fun ride so far. I'm not gonna lie. Um, yeah, it's really close. Uh, you have a two point lead over me. I feel like I don't know. I feel like if I paid a little bit more attention, I might be a little better. But I'm not so sure. Yeah, there's a lot of randomness to this. It's really hard to pick over-unders and who's going to cover or not, you know? So I'm definitely going to be picking my picks a little bit more diligently, or at least I'll try to. So, um, yeah, that tried to last week, and it didn't work out. If I think if I picked Marion, I would have gained some points over you, or picked, stayed with Mascuda, I would have, but um, I guess not. So we'll see what happens this week, I guess. Right, here we are. Um, next up, we got... Um, East St. Louis at Normal Community West. East St. Louis is favored by 18.5. The over is actually pretty low at 38.5. Um, but I'm not really surprised because looking at, um, I, would, I mean, I, I don't really know much about Normal Community West, but looking at their stats, so fortunately the IHSA website has very nice uh, info for each playoff team. And uh, so obviously we all know how good the East St. Louis defense is. Um, right now, East St. Louis is allowing less than 10 points per game. But normal Community West is only allowing 6.3 points per game. So both these teams have pretty fantastic defenses. Um, I will think East St. Louis is going to be able to overpower normal Community West here. I mean, they're, Normal's a pretty good team. But, I mean, the Flyers the Flyers. So I tr- I'll trust the Flyers to cover here. And I'm actually going to go with the under. I'm going to go a little bold here. Yeah, I don't know. Look, I I, I kind of hope we do have a defensive struggle a little bit. Like, I, I, I could very well see this game being 35-0. Sorry, I had to say that. <laughs> okay. Um, West, they don't really have – obviously, their offense is all right, you know, 27 and a half. But they have the best defense as far as averages going into it. East St. Louis, though. Okay, think about this. They aver- they're averaging 44 point six points which um is just slightly below uh Amundsen's from Chicago's 47 and a half points and they're averaging 9.7 against which is pretty crazy when you think about you know they've played 
um, you know, the likes of CBC and then a couple of teams like Mill Creek from Georgia, who's really good. And then, of course, um, uh, that one team from Baltimore whose name escapes me, you know. Academy. Yeah, who's like number two or three ranked now and still in the nation. So the fact that they've played those teams and still are averaging, are surrendering just single digits in defense says a whole lot. So I just really think they're kind of on their own level. Um, in this, but West Normal Community West has had a really good year. They're in the Big 12 Conference, which is Central Illinois, that stems from Peoria through uh, Normal, from Bloomington Normal through the Champaign area. So that's hardcore Central Illinois right there. Um, they've had a good, I mean, obviously a really good season. They their only loss was to uh, Richmond Burton, who I'm not so sure where they're from. I th- yeah, they're, Richmond Burton. They're in the. Um, they're up north. They're not in the Chicago area, but they're but they're kind of around that area there. If it's if you can imagine, so, um, so look if I don't know Richmond, Richmond Burton must be pretty darn good. But if they're, I'm sorry if they're giving up 33 to them to a school that has a 624 enrollment, I think East St. Louis can do better than that. So, I'm going to pick the over, and I have East St. Louis covering. Okay. Next up, we've got uh, Collinsville at Brother Rice. Um, Chicago Brother Rice is favored by 10.5 here in the over. It's at 58.5. I don't think we've mentioned Collinsville very much so far this year. No. Um, but they're putting up a really good season so far. Um, right now, they're in the Class 7A playoffs. Um, they're 9-1. and one. They're the eighth seed in Class 7. Um, they just defeated um, Bourbon A High School from Bradley, 14-12. to 12. And... Um, Brother Rice just came off a 27-0 win against um, Algonquin Jacobs. And um, I know next to nothing about Chicago Brother Rice. Other than that, they were very good at basketball. Um, but Collinsville's good at basketball, too. But that doesn't matter. And so, yeah, again, Collinsville's 9-1. Um, that one loss uh, being, I hope my computer loads. Um, but um, I don't know who their one loss is, too. I totally forgot. Belleville uh, East. What's up? Belleville East is Collinsville's lone loss. That's right. That's right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, given that, I mean, this Bell- Belleville East was a solid team this year. They actually almost made the playoffs. but They did make the playoffs, and they almost they barely lost to South Elgin, which we should have talked about that. I'm, I apologize. I should have brought that up. Um, yeah, well, if Collinsville – I don't even know Brother Rice's schedule, but I'm assuming that it's a very battle-tested Chicago schedule. Um, and given that Collinsville's schedule has been pretty weak so far, I will go with uh, Brother Rice to cover, and I'll go with the over. Actually, no, I'll go with the under, sorry. All right. Uh, let's see that again. Yeah, I, I, I'm favoring Brother Rice in this one. You're going with the under... Uh, I think I'm going to completely agree with you. I do have him covering. Um, Collinsville's got an okay defense. I think they can keep it under, you know, under the over-under there. But, um, yeah, they're very uh, – like, for I mean, they've played Loyola Academy, who's really, really good. They, they, they lost by a lot, but they still played them, you know, and they lost to Mount Carmel by seven, who's undefeated, by the way, Brother Rice. And they beat Joliet Catholic, who's really good. They're seven and two. Um, and they lost to St. Rita by, by five and St. Rita's seven and two. And I think they're still playing and 
beat Country Club Hill. Hill well, they beat Hillcrest, 46 nothing. Hillcrest, they made the playoffs. So, yeah, they, they're, they're way more battle-tested. And, in fact, Brother Rice, they are coming off of their – no, no, I'm thinking of Fenwick. Sorry, Brother Rice, they're, they're – but Fenwick and Brother Rice were both Catholic schools, but no, Brother Rice, they were, they were really battle tested. So, um, and I think they're hosting the game, right? Yes, oh, they yes, are. Rice. Yeah, they are. So that's a long haul for Collinsville. So, yeah, I got Brother Rice covering, and um, oh, just to be different from you, I'll take the over. I changed my mind. <laughs> okay, okay, be a little bold. I need to gain some points. We'll see. We'll see how it works out. Yeah. Um, next up, uh, back in Missouri, we got Hazelwood Central at Rock Bridge. Um, Rock Bridge is favored by 17.5. The over is at 47.5. As we mentioned earlier, Hazelwood Central is coming off the very close 20-19 to 19 win against Pattonville. And this is the Class 6 District 2 uh, bracket right here. Come on, Mesha, load, please. Sweet, thank you. So yeah, Hazel Central coming off the revenge game win against Pattonville. Uh, Rockbridge, we've, we've been mentioning them here and there this year. They're having a very good year. Um, right now, they're 8-2, uh, and two, uh, and uh, they came off of a pretty big win, 42-0 against Hickman. Um, this is, again, we, we've talked about Hazel Central um, ad nauseum, kind of how they're a younger team, but they're very big up front, and they they've had a pretty good schedule. So, I mean, they they they're they're definitely a, a pretty battle tested team. Um, but honestly, I think that the consistency of Rockbridge is what's going to help them out here. I mean, they Rockbridge um, can run and pass very well, and I think Hazel Central's offense has been faltering recently in the past few weeks. So I'm going to go with Rockbridge to cover here, and I will go with the. Over my computer is being so slow right now. This is so annoying. <laughs> well, hopefully not as slow as um, I don't know. I was trying to make a joke there. I don't. I don't want to offend anybody. But um, no, I, I, I actually I think Hazelwood Central is more battle tested than Rockbridge when you compare both their schedules. Um, just right now, you know, just like Rockbridge, you know, in Columbia, that that area is not very great right now. But they have they have. Played a couple of good out-of-conference teams like Lutheran St. Charles and Elias and Francis Howell. They've beaten Elias and Lutheran St. Charles. In fact, they gave Lutheran St. Charles their second-worst loss of the season compared to St. Mary's, and it was a convincing loss. Um, but outside of those three teams – and then, yeah, they beat Capital City in overtime. Outside of those four teams, not really been battle-tested that much. But I just think – but Hazelwood Central – so that's really not a bad schedule by Rockbridge. But Central, they have just – they were in the, you know, the suburban yellow gauntlet – with Marquette, um, Kirkwood, Eureka, played two close games with Pattonville and split with them, but won the most important one. They beat Parkway Central, who's ended up being a pretty good, I don't know, pretty good, but a good Parkway Central team, though. You know, seven and uh, they're, I think they, uh, no, I think they got a bye. So, yeah, they're still seven and two. And then they played Lutheran North, lost to them. Lutheran North, solid team. And then they beat Parkway West, who's ended up being uh, not so, such a bad team after all themselves. So, really, Hazelwood West has been their one real gimme game this season, and, and they also you know they lost to do in a close game as well. So they're they're very battle tested. So, having said that, I do think Rockbridge will win, but I have Hazelwood Central covering, and I have the under. Okay. Next up, we've got 
uh, number 11 matchup of the week. It's uh, Zumalt North at Zumalt West. Zumalt West is favored by 16 and a half, and the over is at 59 and a half. Um, yet again, we get the Battle of O'Fallon in Zumalt West for the second time in three weeks. Um, <laughs> uh, last time these two teams played, Zumalt West came away with the uh, uh, pretty convincing uh, 42 to, I believe it was 42 to 18 victory. 42 and, to 14. Um, four, that's right. I knew, I knew it was in the teens. Um, 14-14 victory last time these two teams played for Zamalt West. And this is just, I, 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 it's tough to gauge, but like nothing much has changed over the past two weeks for either of these teams. I mean, we know what we're going to get with both these teams. And we know that um, really all year long, Zamalt North's offense has been down from previous years. Um, they've had some holes here and there in the offensive line. And Zamalt West has um, pretty good size up front, and I think they're going to be able to expose that. If North can score on both their opening drives and keep it close, I think they'll be in good shape. But at the same time, Zamalt West got out to a hot start last time, and that's what won the game. So if, if West can get off to a hot start again, they're in good hands. But it, it, you, you don't want to mess around with Zamalt North in the playoffs because we all know how good they've been in recent years in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I, I still, I'm, I'm confident the, the Jags are going to cover here. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So I'll go with uh, Jack. I'll go with Zuma West to cover, and I'll go with the over. I'll go with Zuma West to cover, but the under. I think Zumwalt North will make – you'd like to think they'd make – I mean, they're really well coached. You'd like to think they'd make some adjustments to at least, uh, you know, limit the the West scoring output. And But I don't know – I don't know what they're going to do offensively. Uh, just, yeah, they haven't been so great recently, uh, Zumwalt North. And West at times has not been great. But against the really good teams, they have not been good. But – yeah, I, I like. I wouldn't classify North along with the likes of Troy Buchanan, Francis Howell, Timberland, and Hillsborough and Eureka, though. So I gotta go with yeah. You gotta go with West, and I just I don't really know how they're gonna where they're gonna get their points from. I mean, they'll score. North is gonna score, but I just don't know. Like they're not gonna. I don't see them doing it in bunches. Okay. Um, next up, we got Parkway North versus Vashon. This game is going to be played at Gateway Stem, just as we're all Vashon home games are played at. Um, Parkway North is favored by three and a half here. The over is at 60 and a half. Parkway North has been dealing with injuries this year. Uh, we know how Kwan Williams was hurt for a little while, uh, but he's back now. Um, we know the 
honestly, this is a very underrated matchup in my opinion. The there are a lot of good athletes in this game. Um, I mean, the, the both both receiving cores have great speed. Route running is really good. Um, you just gotta hope that the decision making and the accuracy of the QBs is gonna be good this game. Because um, if if, the, if these two QBs can perform their highest potential, then we can get fair plus um, passing yards on both sides. But if we do look back just two weeks ago, we had the game where Parkway North. Uh, lost to was it Parkway Central, I believe, um, and they didn't pass the ball at all. Like they had like what was it, like 360 rushing yards, I believe, and like no passing yards. So I I would hope Parkway North has the ability to pass this game. You'd think they would want to just then control the clock better, hmm. but I, I, we'll see about that. Um, I'm gonna go with Rashawn to cover. I think Rashawn's gonna win, and I will go with the under. Yeah, well, this is this is really pretty intriguing. Um, so this is on oh, what day is the fourth? Is that on Friday? Yeah, it's a Friday game. So okay, um, November fourth. Uh, I would have liked to have filmed this game. I don't think we will though. Um, yeah, North and they're they're yeah they they easily defeated Soldan fifty nine to fourteen. Um, you know, Karan Williams, Zion Royal, Messiah Smith is a really good uh, trio. Uh, strictly running the ball, that is. Um, it's they're tough to stop. I mean, because they're so fast. I mean, Smith is more, he's he's fast, but he's more he's got a little bit more strength. But Royal and Williams are pure speed. Um, they're fun to watch when they get loose, and they're almost always gonna you know if they do get loose, they're gonna score. And. Uh, yeah, you, you, you described them pretty well. Vashon, they can run the ball pretty – I mean, that is kind of their MO. I mean, they can pass a little bit, but they really prefer to run the ball. Um, one guy – I mean, we were talking about DeRay Hill a lot, but their leading rusher is Marquise Gleghorn. He's ran for uh, 863 yards, 93 carries, and 10 touchdowns. I don't really know what's going on with Hill. He doesn't have a whole lot of carries and yards. I mean, he's averaging nine yards a carry, but – I don't know. I mean, he's missed some games. I'm not really sure what's going on there, but uh, it's really those two guys are big for them offensively. And then, you know, Zach Smith Jr. is a really good re- – he's by far their best receiver. Uh, 627 receiving yards, eight touchdowns. Um, we've seen Bernard Williams be a nice tight end. Uh, even can catch some clutch passes too. So, um, yeah, both, both teams are definitely going to rely on the run game more. I mean, Malleus Kane, he's had a good season, 62 completions, 98 attempts, 11 touchdowns, three interceptions. So he's having a better year than he did last year is what you'd, you know, what you'd expect. He's missed a few games, but he's back now. So um, I, I see a lot of offense in this game, but I just – I know I, – I don't know. I just – Parkway North really wants to get that rematch with Parkway Central, so – I don't know. I think they have a little bit more weapons offensively, and you know, Karan Williams. He's the best. He's the best athlete on the field, and I think North. North they both teams have good defenses. I think it's just going to come down to who can make more plays. I just see North doing that, so I have them covering, and I'll take the. Ooh, I'll take the over. I feel like it's. I think it's it. it this game's got to be a little crazy for Parkway North to win, and. If that's going to happen, then I'm I'm picking the over. All right, so proper north and the over. Okay. Next up, our number nine matchup of the week. Staying in the Parkway School District, we got Parkway West at Eureka. Eureka is favored by 10.5 here. The over is at 44.5. 
We talked earlier when we were talking about the uh, Parker West Ladue game. West can, I mean, they're so hard to get to to get to guess how they're going to do. Um, I mean, it, it's they're they're facing a very different um, offensive defensive line unit here against Eureka um, versus what they did against Ladue. Um, Eureka, one of the best running teams in the entire state of Missouri, with their offensive line and Kevin Emanuel and. Ledoux, I mean, not the strongest line unit. Um, so no. Parkway West, I mean, it, it's, I mean, you, they've got, they've got to hope they just, they, they just can't get bullied up front. I mean, they know what Eureka is going to do. They know they, they know they got to stack the box and put their, their, their biggest and baddest guys in there. Um, but can they, can they stop Emmanuel and can they force Rika? If Parkway West can force Rika to two punts in the first half, then they're in good shape. But if Rico has to punt one time or less, it's it's game over because we know we know they're going to control the clock with how well they run the ball. So I'm I'm going to go with Rico to cover here, and I'm going to go with the over. Um, yeah, I do have Eureka covering. Um, over, I don't know. That's a low over over under there. So I'm probably going to have to yeah take the over as well. I think there, I think there'll be some points scored here. Um, yeah, look, I mean, what I think you, Eureka really needed a, a buy just to you know heal everybody up, specifically Kevin Emanuel. I mean, he's he's had 270, 270 carries, eighteen hundred eighty two yards, twenty seven touchdowns, and uh, I think there's a good chance he'll get over two thousand and, and and get three touchdowns for thirty touch for thirty a game for thirty a season, and maybe even go over three hundred uh, attempts. But, um, man, he's, he's been so good. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what they're going to try to do. Um, I think Eureka, they certainly have a, they have a good enough defense, uh, especially when it comes to stopping the run. And, uh, I mean, they'll bend, but they don't break that much. So, I mean, they, they've done a better job, uh, I guess, overall since week four. Uh, I mean, they've given up – they. Average about two touch, giving up about two touchdowns a game, maybe three. Um, but yeah, at times like when they have given up three touchdowns, it's usually in garbage time. So they've done. I think they've done a better job defensively since then. And uh, West is not the toughest team they've played this season, but like I said, they, they West they do have a good front seven, and they're, they're phys- more physical than they appear to be. And offensively, I mean. They, they they make you guess a lot. Federer he does uh you know he does a good job of running the ball and you know reading defenses and or the handling off, handing off to Livingston or Campbell in the backfield and um but when when you know West is gonna throw that's when I think typically you have a good chance of stopping them but when they keep you guessing they're tough so and uh, they got a physical offensive line too but I think ultimately I mean they just have not seen a team quite like Eureka the offensive line they have and. Eureka is also a very well coached team, and I don't think they've even played in an atmosphere like you know what Eureka brings to their home stadium in the playoffs. So yeah, that's that's my logic for Eureka uh, winning and getting taking the okay. over. Okay. Next up, we got Luther North at Luther St. Charles for the second time in four weeks. Here, uh, Luther North is actually favored by four and a half. The over under is at forty one and a half. Last time these two teams played, it was at Lutheran St. Charles back in week seven. And the, the, the Cougars won by a score of 20 to 18. And uh, this is a very weird game for the Crusaders um, and, the, and the Cougars, really. I mean, 
Louisville St. Charles, one of the, I mean, we all know one of the one of the best running offenses in the area the past three or four years. They won the game with less than 100 rushing yards. So the question is, can can they get away with that again? I don't know. If Luther North can can contain Luther St. Charles to under 100 rushing yards again, they there's no way they lose this game. But at the same time, Luther North's got to figure out how to throw the ball. I mean, last time these two teams played, uh, Dakari Hollis had arguably his worst game of the year. He was 7 for 18 with only 36 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Luther North has the athletes to be a great passing team. But at the same time, Luther St. Charles secondary has been very good all year long. And it's this is going to be a very, very interesting um, balance of Luther North's lack of passing and then Luther St. Charles' lack of rushing. Uh, I think it kind of, it'll kind of come down to earth here, I, I would assume, where um, both teams do better on both sides of the ball. Um, but then again, I, I'm going to go with my gut here. I'm going to go with Luther North to cover here, actually. And I'm going to go with the under. Yeah, I... I have Luther North covering, and I will go with the over, though. I mean, both these teams, like, Luther North should have beaten St. Charles Lutheran the first, Lutheran St. Charles the first time. It, it took a onside kick recovery. It it, it took a fluke. <laughs> it, it, yeah, look, it took a score with a minute to go, and then an onside kick, and then another quick score on the right after the onside kick recovery to beat Lutheran North. And the Crusaders did a very good job. I mean, they shut them out in the first half, and they did, a, like you said, a really good job of, of holding uh, Lutheran St. Charles's running, running attack to under 100 yards. And get this, I mean, two weeks ago, I mean, Lutheran North, they gave St. Mary's a run for their money. <laughs> I mean, they were. It was a game the whole way through, and they did it without Ricky Dixon, uh, their their star running back. So they can, if they can do that without probably their best player against St. Mary's, they should be able to beat many, many other teams. And I just think they match up. They obviously match up well against Lutheran St. Charles. I mean, they can take away their run game. And they have Dixon back, and I feel like they've made some adjustments. And this is a young Lutheran North team, too. So I think they've grown a lot this season, and they're peaking at the right time. So, yeah, I got I got the Crusaders winning in this one. And uh, let's see. I got them covering, and, uh, yeah, I'll take the over. Okay, next up we got a huge Class 6 District 1 matchup. We got Kirkwood at CBC. Uh, over-under is at 62.5, and then CBC is favored by 17.5. Uh, both these teams coming off pretty big wins week one of the playoffs. This is going to be – this is tough. We mentioned how Kirkwood very well could be undefeated right now. I mean, all their losses have been super close games. They know – Kirkwood's very good at playing up to their competition. Um, like, if, when, like, the, like the bigger the team, the bigger the stage, the better they'll do. Um, but this is CBC, and they have not played a team as good as CBC all year long. And um, we know how, I mean, just the amount of weapons CBC has is really unparalleled by anyone in the area other than East St. Louis and St. Mary's. And can Kirkwood keep up? Maybe for the first half. Like, if, if it's a one-score game at halftime, I won't even be surprised. But I believe CBC is going to pull away, as they always do. 
I mean, it's I can't even remember. Maybe other than twenty was it twenty twenty I believe or twenty nineteen when DeSmet beat CBC in the second round. Twenty twenty. Um, other than that, it's been a long time since CBC has lost in the second round of the playoffs. So I'm, I'm gonna go go with history here. I'm gonna go with CBC to cover, and I'm gonna go with the over. Oh, well, it was two years ago when they lost to DeSmet, and then the year before, but. Other than after, apart from the Smet, yes, it has been a long time since they have lost a playoff game. Um, even at home, I mean, going back to 2016, I don't know what happened there, but yeah, it's been a. And, oh, and yeah, both times, like when they played the Smet, it was at the Smet, not at CBC. So yeah, it's been a really long time since the CBC's lost a home game. Um, I will say Kirkwood for Kirkwood, you know, Deion Brown is probably the best running back that CBC will have, will see this season up until maybe if they play someone else from maybe out of the area or whatever. I mean, yeah, they played East St. Louis, but I think Deion Brown, he's, he's one of the top 10, top five best running backs in the whole area. And he's on another really good season. You know, fortunately he's been fully healthy this year too. So if they can stop him, CBC, I think they should beat Kirkwood. Um, I really, I think they're gonna. I, I, I think they're gonna tee off on Kirkwood's defense. Um, Kirkwood, they need this to be a shootout. If they can, for the best way to beat them, for the best way to beat CBC, in my opinion, just because um, in the games that they play, uh, well, you know, they had a close game against Marquette, but you know, against Eureka, it was kind of a shootout. Lost thirty-one to thirty. You know, against Vashon, well, that was kind of a one-off. I'm, 28 to 27 that was a weird game so yeah um, but it was still they allowed points in that one and uh so but they've gotten better you know they've they beat Lindbergh twice very convincingly so and then you know McClure and Hazel West fairly easy game so yeah they got a four game winning streak here but CBC is just really a different animal compared to every team they played this year so got to go with CBC and also you know Kirkwood they're gonna have to stop you know the CBC's three-headed running back monster with Ralph Dixon, Dylan Van, Jeremiah Love, too. So, and then, you know, looks like Cole McKee has really figured it out for the cadets at quarterback, too. So, yeah, I just, CBC's a, they're, they're a different animal in the playoffs. So, yeah, I have CBC covering, and I'll take the over. Okay, I guess we agree on that one. All right, let's stop here. So, because uh, that gave us a 10-minute warning. So, okay. yeah. Next, uh, next up, going down, down to Class 4, we got Union at Summit. Uh, somebody here is favored by six and a half. The over is at 60 and a half. This is a very interesting matchup between two teams that really should not be playing this early. I mean, <laughs> Union right now is undefeated. They're at 10 and 0. Summit, they're at 9 and 1. It just unfortunately, they got stuck in the same district um, and they're playing right now. And the winner will pretty much guaranteed to be playing St. Mary's next week. Um, but anyway, this is going to be a very interesting matchup between the Union passing attack and the Summit secondary. Um, Summit, it really goes by a bend-not-break defensive attitude where, I mean, their defense, we know how, I mean, last year and this year, they've been, they've been allowing, like, less than 10 points per game every single game. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But at the same time, we know how good the Liam Hughes-led uh, Union passing attack is. So this is this is going to be a very interesting matchup. Union, we know Union goes into a different mode in the playoffs. Like Union, is, Union never has the most strong uh, regular season schedule, but they always seem to figure out in the playoffs and come to clutch at the right times. I mean, we know they went to the Final Four a couple of years ago, but um, I don't know. Summit's Summit's definitely the mean the best team they played since they played Washington back in Week One, and I would say Summit's better than Washington is. Um, so I. I'll pick Summit to win, but I'll go with Union. I'll, I'll stick with Union to cover. But I still think Summit's going to win, and I'll go with the over. Yeah, this is tough because Summit has struggled a lot this season defending the pass, and Union is very good at passing the ball. But at times, Union has had has struggled to, um, you know, beat some teams that you think they'd be able to beat. Um, you know, I'm not so sure how they've fared against you know run teams. Well, I guess we could. But well, it doesn't really matter. I mean, because they're going to have the union's going to have to stop the pass in order to win this one. I mean, because that's what Summit has been doing to win games uh, in the second half of the season by Pat, you know, Grant Gibson throwing the ball. So this is really going to be a close game. Um, I'm really excited to see this one, and hopefully, I think we're going to try really hard to get a camera to this one. So I mean, you know, Liam Hughes has been fantastic his lot, you know, throughout his whole career at Union. I mean, 24 touchdowns, four interceptions. Um, you know, fifty nine percent completion of his passes, eighteen hundred passing yards. Um, you know, they can run the ball a little bit too. Wyatt Berkey is uh, seven hundred thirty four yards, eight touchdowns. Hay- Hayden uh, Parmenter six hundred twenty five yards, eight touchdowns. Liam Hughes you can run a bit, two hundred seventy yards, six touchdowns, and um, through the air. Hayden Burke is their leading receiver, 564 yards, nine touchdowns. Ryan Rappert, 430 yards, eight touchdowns. Colton Morrow, 340 yards, two touchdowns. So they got weapons. And, man, man, this is tough. Oh, I think I th- we're going to see Union pass the ball a ton because I, I just don't know if they can stay with a run game, you know, compete with a run defense um, like Summit's. Oh, this is tough. This is tough, man. I don't. Union is not a good the matchup. The time of year where picking games gets very, very difficult. It's agonizing. Because I just I don't like how Summit ended the season. Uh, I mean, they had close games against Oakville and Parkway West. Um, man, like they even they they they, they struggled at times during those games. Uh jeez. Yeah, I mean they, they they do not have a good secondary. I mean, ever since T- Javion Teller's come in, it's it, it's gotten better, but not all that much. Uh, I think I'll go with Summit. They're at home. I'm definitely taking the over, but I do have Union covering, and I might change my decision later in the week. I'm gonna watch. <laughs> I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch some film on both these schools. Perfect. Sounds like a plan. Yep. I guess we agree on that one again. All yeah. right, now into our top five matchups of the week. Uh, we got Lafayette at MICDS. Uh, MICDS is favored by three and a half. The Can't wait for this one, baby. Can't What's wait. Up? I cannot wait for this. I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm just so excited. 
I, I John, I totally agree. Um, this, there's, there's one thing I'm unsure about here. It's what Lafayette team are we going to see on Saturday? Is it going to be the team that can shut down Eureka's rushing attack? Or is it going to be the team that allows 47 points to Rittner? Because we know, we know for sure that the Fred Bouchard-led MICDS Rams are going to bring everything they've got for a home playoff game. They always do. Um, like MICDS under Bouchard never just falls flat in the playoffs. Like they're, they're way too well coached to come out low. Um, but can Lafayette bring the same intensity? I honestly don't know. Um, I mean, with the, 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 the inconsistency is so, it's very alarming. It makes it hard to pick for them. And MSTDS has been very, very good at home in the playoffs the past few years. So I'll go with them to cover and I'll go with the over. So you're going with MICDS in this. Okay. Oh, this is so fun. Oh, yes. Um, well, look, whenever the stakes seem to be higher, Lafayette seems to play well. Um, you know, they crushed Ledoux. They cru- well, they did not crush Eureka, but they beat Eureka. Um, yeah, they've been involved in some crazy games. They've laid a few eggs here and there, you know, to Parkway West and to, you know, Lindbergh and really should have laid an egg to Rittner, but they bailed. They were able to get out of that. Um, and didn't look all that convincing against Parkway South. I mean, they were winning 35 nothing, And I, I think South in that game, they, they scored both touchdowns with less than five minutes to go in the game. So it was really garbage time scores. Um, so I, 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 it doesn't look that bad on them. But, um, yeah, um, this is a really weird Lafayette team uh, for sure. But, look, I've, I've said a lot of good things about them this season and MICDS. Um, I just – I think when the stakes are higher, Lafayette's going to come to play. And if they can, if they can stop that run – they can stop that MICS run. They're in good hands because MICS has not been great at passing the ball lately, and they've had some interesting results lately too. Um, you know, Jack Beal's done a really good job as a freshman quarterback, 23 touchdowns. He has thrown 12 interceptions but completed 64% of his passes for twenty four for over 2,400 yards. So he's one of the leaders in the area in passing. So if they can get the ball to, you know, Zay Jones and Dre Davis in space and, you know, Logan Minton's a solid tight end. Um, you know, Caleb Blockman and Baylor Adamoski both have over 300 receiving yards. So they got plenty of weapons on the field to throw to. And I, I don't think MICS that like their secondary is not really their strong suit. So I, I just, I just have a, I don't know. I, my head's kind of telling me Lafayette in this one. So that's what I will go with. Um, but it's, I have no idea what to expect. Um, geez. Um, so I have Lafayette covering. I have them winning. And you're picking the over. Man, that's a lot of points. I, I To be a little conservative, I'll, say, I'll go with the under, but I think there will be plenty of points scored. Okay. All right. Next up, we have got Segman at Marquette. Um, Marquette's favored by two and a half here. The over is at 57 and a half. This is going to be probably the most physical game we've seen all year long between any team. I mean, we, we know the MO of both these teams, run heavy teams, sap the clock. 
this is gonna be this is gonna be fun to watch. This will pretty much be like the Big Ten version of St. Louis high school football right here. Um, yes, I, I love the style of how both these teams play. Oh yeah, you're, no, you're you're totally right. Yeah, now that I think about it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, and um, I, I love both these teams' styles. I love the energy both these teams uh, bring to the table. Um, but in, when it comes down to it. Man, it, this, this, this is a great QB matchup here. Jack Albrand versus Cole Rubel. Cole Rubel, in my opinion, two of the top five QBs in the entire area. Really? Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, why not? Why wouldn't they be? Well, no, I, I, I think Albrand, he had a slow start to the season, but he's get he's gotten better. That's and, true. That's and he true. was, he, I th- he was arguably a top five quarterback last year. Um, did not start out that way this year, but... Ever since the Eureka game, like he had a rough first three games, but ever since then he's turned it around. I well, here's the thing: I I trust Jack Albrand and the Marquette receiving core in a close game more than the second receiving core. Well, so given that, I I gotta go with Marquette to cover here, and I'll go with the under. And more importantly, I mean. Honestly, if Sekman wins, that'd be pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Like, this is a team that has not seen much playoff success recently. But, I mean, either way, I'm glad. This should, this should be a fantastic game. You're right. No, and, and also, I, I just don't see Marquette giving up 50 points to, their, to, to Sekman. I mean, they have a really good defense. Uh, I mean, they have a really good linebacking core. And, of course, you know, Alex Bray, who's a recent Illinois commit, has done a really good job. You know, Brian Fitzmaurice, Sean Keegan, Caleb Seifert, you know, three solid linebackers. Alex Bray has 11 sacks this season and 23 tackles for loss, which is awesome. Love to see it. Um, Marquise Hunt's a solid defensive tackle. And then Camden Taylor, who's had to replace George Gaston, he's he's had a pretty good season himself too. And, uh, and uh, you know, Marquette's got a. They have they have good safeties and uh, you know Drew Ellis and oh actually Drew Ellis is a cornerback. Never mind. I forget who their safeties are. So never mind. Sorry about that. Um, but they have a good secondary. I mean they just have a really good defense all around. And Sekman, they have not seen a, a defensive end like Alex Bray, and I don't think they've seen a a defense with the type of linebackers Marquette has. And I really believe Marquette they're going to put up points against them. So I, I like both these teams. You know both schools love GSV. A lot. Um, I just I got to go with Marquette here. I have him covering, and I'll take the over. Okay, Marquette and the over. All right. Next up, uh, going to Class Five. John, we get it again. The Battle of Wentzville is back for the second time in three weeks. Now mm. it's going to be at Holt High School, Timberland at Holt. Holt Indians are at minus four and a half. Over under is at fifty and a half. See, y'all, y'all thought the energy was there for the first edition of the Battle of Wentzville? They, they, just, just wait. I mean, this is going to be probably the loudest place in the entire area on Friday night um, at Soviet Field at Holt, at Holt High School. I mean, these two teams hate each other. I mean, this, this really is for city supremacy. This is for district supremacy. I mean, it's very, very possible that the winner of this game wins the district championship in Class 5, District 4. So this, I mean, this this is for all the marbles right here. I mean, we we, we know, and then again, it's funny we we went from one good QB matchup to uh, arguably even better QB matchup. I mean, Owen Merrill with Holt. 
and then AJ Rams or Timberland, both these guys have been putting up just absolutely stellar seasons. Um, the supporting cast has been good for both of them too. I mean, uh, Tank Billings has been very good, a receiver for Timberland. And then we all know the whole, the athletes that Holt have. And then, ah, man, it's just, the, 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 the whole defense. It, I mean, the, the whole defense is really the reason why they won last time against Timberland two weeks ago. Even though they gave, they, they gave up a lot, but I, I see what you're saying. They bend and they didn't break. They bend and didn't break. And I think it's going to be more of the same this week. So I'll go with Holt to cover here in a still very close game, and I'm going to go with the over. Okay. Um, man, this is tough. And this is crazy because, like, Holt, it's back-to-back. Like, literally the last game they played was against Timberland two weeks ago. A, a week ago as we record this. But, yeah. <laughs> you don't see that very often. Maybe once a year for somewhere in the state. But, yeah, not very often. Man, I mean, what can you say about – what else can you say about Owen Merrill and, uh, and A.J. Reigns? I mean, you know, Merrill, 16 touchdowns, one interception, 10,000 passing yards, and he's got 877 rushing yards with 13 touchdowns. Um, Conrad King did not play in the last game. In fact, he has not played uh, – well, no, no, he, he, he did play against Jackson, but maybe he got hurt. I don't know, but um, – but they didn't really. I mean, not not taking anything. He's been a good running back for them, but obviously they 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 won without him, so it wasn't maybe the worst possible loss. But they really could use him again. Um, I mean, because they did. Uh, Mason Burke was a really good fill-in running back, but King's got some extra speed that they really could use to fool uh, Timberland a little bit more on the you know the read options they do and the handoffs. So, um, and obviously, uh, you know, their wide receiver who is he? Uh, Ty Williams, really good, 660 yards, 11 touchdowns, 58 catches. I don't really know if Timberland has a guy that can lock him down because, um, you know, I mean, he was good in the last game, 56 yards, five catches, two touchdowns. So, man, this could be back and forth game. And Timberland, I mean, they, they once again, they beat Washington fairly – it wasn't really easy. Uh, I mean, it was close for a while, but then they pulled away in the second half. Uh, with uh, three, three, uh, 21 and answered points. So it was close at, uh, in, during the third quarter, really in the fourth quarter too. So, And Reigns, again, had another good game uh, passing and on the ground. So I don't know, man. Like, I feel like I'm getting – this could be like, you know, Troy versus Hal last year where Hal won the first game at Troy, but then Troy won the, the district game at Hal. I'm kind of getting a vibe with that. What about you? Maybe a little bit, um, kind of, kind of. I mean, it, will, will it be as high scoring? I don't think so, but will it be as exciting? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like the safe pick is to go with Holt. I don't know. I just got a weird feeling Timberland's going to pull this out. So I'm going to go with that. I'm going to have Timber- Timberland covering and winning, and I'll take the over. Okay, I like your uh, bold pick there. From So from Missouri Class 5, we're going to move to Illinois Class 8. We've got um, Loyola Academy from Wilmette at Edwardsville. Uh, Wilmette is favored by 13.5 here, and the over is at 61.5. It, it's Loyola. It's they're not, Wilmette's where they are where located. It's Loyola Academy. Okay, okay, yeah. So uh, I don't really, as you can tell, I don't really know much about Loyola. <laughs> I know they're a very, very good team. Very good I've program. Yeah, I was about to say, like, I've seen their name 
pop up quite a few times each year when I look at these playoff brackets for Class 8. Um, so they're, they're always in the picture for the Class 8 playoffs. Um, we know Edwardsville is a very good team, um, but I mean, I've just heard, I mean, you, you told me this, and I've just heard through the grapevine that Loyola is a much better team than O'Fallon is. Um, supposedly. Supposedly. Um, but I'll still go with Edwardsville to cover here, and I'm going to go with the under. Yeah, Loyal is kind of like the CBC of uh, of Chicago, maybe on a bigger level. I don't know a bigger level because CBC they compete with they can compete with so many different teams throughout the country, you know. But um, they're Loyal. Apparently, I mean, they have a good defense. I mean, they've only they've given up 17 points a game, but they apparently have a really good offense. They've averaged 43 a game, and. Uh, you know, they, they beat St. Xavier from Cincinnati, who they're, I guess they're good. There's three and six, but I think they're a good team, though. And I've heard I've heard some things about them. They beat St. Rita by 20. They beat Brother Rock. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ice 57-21. They beat Fenwick, who's in the playoffs. They beat Marist, who's 6-3. They beat Providence Catholic, who's in the playoffs. And their only loss is to Mount Carmel. Um... 42 to 37 in a very close game. So really that that game could have gone either way. Um so this is uh they're a really good team. I just think you got to respect what they do. And uh I mean they they have a really good quarterback. They have a lot of passing yards and they 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 run the ball. They have a couple of guys who run the ball for them, but uh yeah, I mean, they're, 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 they seem to be a pretty balanced team. Jake Sterney is a really good quarterback. He's a 6'3", 185-pound senior. Um, according to the stats, he, he has thrown for 1,700 passing yards, um, 121 of 180 for 27 touchdowns and only three interceptions. So it's really good. I mean, especially considering the competition Loyal has played against. Having said that, O'Fallon's played against some pretty good to- uh, competition too. So... You know, we, I mean, they've had to go up against East St. Louis and, you know, had to, you know, beat O'Fallon, you know, played O'Fallon twice and, you know, just beat them, uh, beat Jackson, beat Highland. And um, so, yeah, they've they been t- tested very well. And then, you know, they they beat Belleville East, you know, it wasn't convincing, but they beat them and East uh, proved to be a good team this year. So um, I really like Edwardsville's offense. Uh, they did a really good job against O'Fallon, but I just think Loyola's their, their offense seems to be really good, and I think their defense is good. They're 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 just a better team than O'Fallon overall. So I gotta pick Loyola to win this one. Do I have him covering? Ooh, I, I, I'm taking the over. I think this will be a close game, but ultimately, I think Loyola will cover though. So yeah, like I, I think this will be, I think Ellersville will be within twenty points of this game. I, I think they're going to give Loyal a tough time, but ultimately, I think they just um, Loyal wins and they just find a way to cover too. Okay, you're going to go with the over under here. Uh, over. 
I mean, the fact that, you know, maybe it's just O'Fallon's offense, but the fact that O'Fallon scored 36 on Edwardsville led, leads me to believe that Loyal's going to do, do a better job and score more points. Okay, that's fair. Uh, finally, uh, we got in Class 6, District 2, Desmet at Troy. Troy is favored by 5.5. The over is at 6, 6.5. I mean, this is sticking with the theme of fantastic QB matchups. We got Christian Cotton with the Smet. And then Charles Sutton for, for, for Troy. And both these guys have the experience. They've been starting for a long time. They, they, they always come in the clutch. They're fantastic athletes who can, who can use their legs also. This is going to be a great game. I mean, this Met has been faltering a little bit this season. They're, uh, they're at 5-5. Five and five. Um, But they're a very battle-tested team. And we know that their offense can be very good. Um, the defense is solid too. But... After a, after a semi-slow after a semi-slow three and two start, I really think Troy's offense has got it going. I mean, they've scored seventy points each of the last two games, and then they have. I mean, like since Francis the Francis Howell lost back in week five, they've scored forty-four more points every single week. So their offense, they they found their groove, they they found their mojo, they know what they're doing. Yeah, and you could call it GSC bias, whatever. I'm gonna go with Troy to cover here, and I'm gonna go with the over. Yeah, I really think uh, Troy has found their footing. Uh, you know, they're more of a run team now. I mean, they, they did um, they were mixing up a lot with the passing game and the runs, but now ever since the Howell game, uh, we we've seen them really give the ball a lot to Sutton running and Nick Nova uh, kind of stepping into running back role as well. Yeah, that's been a lot of fun too. Although we've seen a lot, I mean, lately, Brett Smith has gotten a lot of yards, mm-hmm. um, but. But we now know that we we knew Bova could be pretty good too. But um, I'm just it was just pretty cool to see him get some more reps. So now, yeah, they got both of those guys, um, yeah, doing that. In fact, in their, their last game, um, I don't I don't think Bova in their last game Bova didn't run the ball at all. So I don't know what that means. But they still got over well over 300 rushing yards in this game. A lot of guys got a lot of touches too. So. Which they need to because they have a lot of seniors this year, you know, so they, they need to get some guys some reps for next year. So, yeah, but the Smet, they're coming off of a decent victory over Rittner, 56-35. Uh, you know, Rittner's not – they were not an easy team this season. And, uh, you know, I think the fact that Rittner can, you know, lose to the Smet by 21, this sounds weird, but I think, you know, it's really shown they're, they're heading in the right direction. They had a good year. I think they, yeah, they finished 5-5 five and five and – you know, almost had a great victory over Lafayette, just could not hold on. They had a nice victory over Ledoux, and, you know, it's, they were competitive in almost all their games. So, commendable year for Rittner. Um, but, yeah, you mentioned this is going to be a great quarterback battle between Charles Sutton and Christian Cotton, who recently he just set an all-time um, – I think it was a passing I, – I, I believe, yeah, yeah an all-time uh, passing touchdown record for DeSmet, if I'm not mistaken. He set, he set some record. Um, I apologize, apologize if I don't get it right, but, um, no, but he's had a good season once again. Um, yeah, 13 touchdowns, five interceptions, 1,440 yards, 60% passes, uh, his passes completed. He went off, well, running wise, he went off 211 yards, six rushing touchdowns against, against Rittner. So that's, wow. Maybe that's the record he broke. Maybe that was like six rushing touchdowns in one game. That's. That might that could be a record, all school record for just met. Um, 
But yeah, he's he's done a great job. I mean, he's got 13 passing touchdowns and 13 rushing touchdowns, so he's really established himself as a dual threat, uh, along with uh, Charles Sutton. So he it's tough to stop. I mean, he he is proven to be uh, you know he's he's hard to tackle because of his speed, and he's kind of a strong guy too. So um, and he's got a great arm, and you know obviously solid receivers. You know Demetrion Cannon, who by the way just committed to Semo. Uh, Cameron Wright, Alan Willis, uh, Mason Sikorna, all guys that you got to keep an eye on, uh, especially, especially Cannon. And, uh, you know, Keyshawn Ford and DJ, well, yeah, Keyshawn Ford, I don't know what happened to him, but uh, he doesn't have a whole lot of uh, reps this season. Well, he hasn't, he did, he did play against Rittner, but didn't get a, he was okay, I guess. But uh, really the running back they've had step up is DJ White. Um, he didn't do a whole lot. Uh, in the first half of the season, but uh, recently he's come on. He had a big game against uh, Southall Thornwood, 131 yards, uh, three touchdowns. Um, it was productive against Rittner, too. So he's a guy to keep an eye on, too. So uh, this, this is going to be a really good game. I mean, they I don't think they have the same defense like they've had in recent years. I mean, obviously they just gave up 35 points to Rittner and, uh, you know, Gave up a lot to East St. Louis. That's going to happen to a lot to East St. Louis and a lot to uh, St. Mary's and gave up 20 to SLU and a lot to CBC. I mean, they played a tough schedule, though. That's that's the point. But so is Troy. I mean, they, they're, they're battle-tested as well. Um, I Ultimately, I think this will be a really close game. I have DeSmet covering, but I have Troy winning. And I I will actually take the under in this one. Because I think we're going to see both teams run the ball a lot. Um, and I think at times, uh, you know, defenses are going to come up clutch. Um, you know, so that's kind of my reason there. But I feel, I think Troy's going to win this game, though. Um, they're going to have a big home crowd. Um, I'd like to see the Smith student section uh, make, the, make the travel for this one. I mean, it's a huge game. I mean, come on. This is what this is what you cheer for. They got to travel for it. Yeah, come on, guys. I, I know the Smith. They'll do that. I mean, I think they'll do it. This is my student section. I think they should. Um, I mean, yeah, like this. This. This is what you go. Like this is what makes football fun. Play football. You play good teams. You, you'll travel wherever you got to go. So, uh, yeah, but uh, I think we'll be. I mean, the whole town's going to be out there for Troy. This is a huge game. They've learned a lot of lessons. You know, they've made mistakes early early in the year. They're on a five game winning streak. I think they've corrected a lot of these mistakes. We'll see what happens. This is going to be a great game. Yeah, no, it is. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, that's going to do it for our games this week. I mean, John, th- this is this is what this is what we live for. I mean, th- this is this is really the most fun part of the season right here. Yeah, is the, the deeper in the playoffs it gets, the better it gets, the better matchups we get. Um, the brighter the lights, the bigger the stage. It's just so much fun. Just absolutely ton, a ton of fun to follow. Yeah, I, I'm so excited right now. Like, I'm currently in my mind, I'm planning, like, where should I film games? And um, I personally really want to film this Troy DeSmet game. And then the next day, um, definitely film. I'll probably definitely film. Lafayette well, MICDS, because it'll be on Saturday. At 1 o'clock, and it's close to where I live, MICDS. And. I don't know if I'll have Sean film the Eldersville game. No, I'll probably film the Mascuda Highland game and have Sean film the Eldersville game. We'll see what happens, hopefully. Um, you know, we have more camera people available. Uh, we only had, it was just me and Sean this week, and we still managed to have five games. So, um, 
that's a lot. So yeah, uh, man, I'm so excited for it. Uh, like you said, this is this is what makes it so fun. High school sports so fun. The playoffs, it just means more. Um, driving all over all over the place, it's it's pretty pretty great. So uh, yeah, this is this is awesome. Um, if you want to talk about college football real quick, uh, well, I guess I'll bring it up. I just did Illinois, top fifteen ranked team in the country. Who would have thought? Not me. Me neither. Nobody did. I mean, this is this is surprising Illinois fans as much as everybody else, really. But it's 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 an unbelievable feeling. I mean, I have never felt this way as an Illinois fan ever. I mean, even when in two thousand seven, um, you know, when I was fourteen, um, we were good, but we didn't know how good we were. And it was just kind of, we're going like week by week. We never was, or at least me, like I was like, hey, we're gonna go. And this was before you know the Big Ten had a championship game, so. But it was like, hey, we're going to go to the Rose Bowl. Like, we could just look, you know, can't look, like, you could just tell. You couldn't tell, like, from, like, week four and on. Like, yeah, I think we win this game, this game, this game. We should get to the Rose Bowl. But it wasn't like that. Um, this year, it's different. We're just, this is the best defense. This might be the best defense Illinois has ever had this year. And we do enough offensively. And I really think we're going to win our next two games against Michigan and Purdue. And like you said, like, Illinois should probably get into the Rose Bowl then. Which is... Hilarious that Illinois football is going to be in the Rose Bowl. That's just—I never thought I'd live to see the day. Well, I did. Um, well, technically, you did live to see the day because it did happen when yeah, you were true. alive. It happened a little while ago in two thousand eight. But yeah, no, I have a, I have a, I have a great picture of myself. My brother took a photo of me. Like this is like we were like one of the first people. We went to the Rose Bowl as a family in two thousand eight. To see Illinois get their butts kicked by USC, but it was still an awesome day. Like I wouldn't trade it for anything. There's a great picture of me, like with the Rose Bowl in the background, nobody else in there, and just it was awesome. So, um, yeah, I would very much like to hopefully get back there. And but like just being in the Big Ten championship game, that just blows my mind. Uh, it feels like it's even harder to get to than the than the actual Rose Bowl. Like playing in Indianapolis against potentially a Michigan or Ohio State. I don't care what happens that game. I just, it's just awesome that we could get there, and it, it looks like it might happen. They're they're blessed by a very weak division. Oh, oh, definitely. Um, you know, I, I'll be the first to admit that. You know, I mean, the fact that Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State are in the Big Ten Big Ten East is kind of laughable. Um, and then it's well, the thing, is, the reason why, because like Wisconsin and Iowa are so bad this year, um, they're unusually bad. <laughs> Particularly Iowa. I mean, I think Wisconsin's starting to finally figure it out a little bit. But, yeah, Iowa is so bad. Um, their, their offense is horrible. And um, and I guess maybe – but the fact that, like, I mean, Northwestern, they're really bad this year too. I mean, they're horrendous. I mean, they're even they're even worse than Nebraska. I think Nebraska – no, I think Iowa put, like, 30 on Nebraska uh, – on Northwestern. That's how bad Northwestern is. And Nebraska's down. So – yeah, it's uh, nobody expected Illinois to be this good, and it's just amazing. So, um, and what's great because like Illinois have no ba- we have no bandwagon fans. I mean, why would you want a bandwagon fan Illinois, <laughs> right? So, yeah. that, that's why it's like special. It's like it's, being an Illinois fan is usually not very fun. <laughs> no, and now it's fun because like we, like our basketball team is like ranked twenty three in the AP poll, and now like we're ranked fifteenth in football in the AP poll. That's that's just unbelievable. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Good for you guys. Good, good for Illinois. All right. Mizzou had a really nice win over South Carolina. Brady Cook had his best game of his career, so I'm happy for him, you know, uh, being from 
Chaminade. So, um, yeah, a lot of good St. Louis players uh, balled out. And, you know, including Isaiah Williams, you know, for Illinois, he had a really good 75-yard touchdown reception. So, yeah, it was a good week for St. Louis, St. Louis athletes as far as going, like, from Illinois and Mizzou. Um, it was a good week for those, those guys. So, what about, uh, what about FSU? Yeah, so um, I was at the uh, Florida State versus Georgia Tech game yesterday. Uh, we won 41-16. to 16, And just an all-around really great game. We had over 600 total yards of offense. We, really, we were in control the whole time. It was, uh, right. it was good to see the Knowles get back on track. And we, uh, not, well, not only that, not only was that fun, but um, uh, Florida lost. So that's all, that's yeah. always a fun time when UF loses. And then uh, Miami barely beat Virginia. By, they beat him by two points in four overtimes. Wow. So Miami is terrible, which is really fun to see. Um, we we play Miami this Saturday in Miami. And don't, knowing how terrible the environment is for Miami Hurricanes home games, half the fans there are going to be FSU fans. So <laughs> we're probably going to beat them and go to six and three, which, which I'll be pretty happy with. Very, very happy with. Yeah, that's nice. Um, yeah. I know, yeah, I mean, that's not a great result for Miami because Illinois completely eviscerated Virginia in our week three game. I mean, they could not they could not move the ball against us. So it's, it's looking good. And also the, the Saints won this week, which is great for me. I mean, we actually, that was surprising how, why we, how we won that game. So, and now we're, I think we're tied for second place in the NFC South, which NFC is... South, yeah, the, the, the crappy NFC I know. South. It would have been great if Carolina won today because they lost in overtime to the Falcons. So it would have been, we would have had a, all teams would have been tied for, for first place then because the, you know, uh, the, what's the, the Buccaneers lost too. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, that'll, that'll do it for us. Uh, thank you again, Roman. I mean, this is so fun. This is like... It was it was it was a fun week, but the next week next week is time of the year. It really is. <laughs> Thank you, Roman, once again. Uh, we'll see you guys next week for what hopes to be an amazing week of football to recap. <laughs>